This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Come on, Taylor, you've got to speed it up a little bit. That was a little bit slow. <laughs> my brain is slow right now. I'm in hibernation mode. <laughs> so the reason I say that is that Taylor is in Texas where they've had some extremely bad weather, and they're actually cycling the power on and off at fairly regular intervals, and we're hoping that we can get this recording in while the power is still on. <laughs> Yeah, we had, I, I was, I, I still have cell, cell phone signal, and so I was getting him on, on cell phone, and I was like, okay, I think we're at this certain interval, so as soon as the power comes back on again, I know that we, if it holds, we should have this much time, so should we just, like, run for it as soon as the power comes back on, and we made a plan, so here we are. So normally, we start... We have a time to record, and we spend probably 45 minutes before we start recording just getting caught up. Yeah, and, with each other, just talking. Yeah, and then we start recording. It's like, we don't have time for any of that today. We just, we just <laughs> have to start recording. <laughs> Hit record and go. <laughs> but my brain really is mush. Like my, I, just, I, can't, I can't make my, my thoughts come to, together coherently. It's just I'm, I'm so scattered right now. Well, I'm disappointed about that because I have questions for you. So I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to have to engage your brain a little bit for this. Well, no, the question thing makes me excited because answering questions is so easy. I don't have to think. <laughs> so as, as many of you know, Taylor sent back the Reggie material to me several months ago, and it was overwhelming, to, to put it mildly. Um, all that was in there and all that I had to understand and all that I had to cope with. And her, her, she, she made several recommendations for how to deal with this. One, one was to just go through the entire manuscript and just fix the, uh, you know, the typo, little, the little things that you don't have to think about much. And even that just took a long time to do. But now I'm, I'm, I've finally reached the point where I need to start dealing with some of these major story issues. And one of the things that we've talked about in the past here that Taylor has done, and she suggested that I do with a couple of situations in the book, is essentially stripping out certain components of the book and then putting them together as though they are a standalone story kind of thing. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing and she'll correct me and uh, get it right. But I'm getting ready to do that. But I had some questions about how to do it. What am I looking for? Am I just ignoring little other bits and things? So we'll get into that. But first, Taylor, th did I summarize it close to correctly? Yeah, I think, I think so. Like, um, if I could give a, a, an example of my own that I that I've oh, I've had to do this in many of my books, but um, I, I recently, a few months ago, I posted the book club thing for the doll, and the doll was the first book that I really had to do that. And I remember when I was reading the doll now, like in present time, after however many years since writing it, one of the things I was so impressed by. Like in awe, like, God, how did I manage to do this? I, I would like to be able to do this now type thing is how well that bifurcated story 
um, holds up. And the reason that it does so is because both of the storylines, because it, it splits between the main character that we normally follow, who's Vanessa Michael Monroe, and Miles Bradford, who normally is a secondary character. Um, and it's it's equally weighted between the two. And when I wrote it, I, I didn't realize it at the time. I, I realized it in analysis afterwards, reading it recently, that when you go into the story, you go into it thinking that it is a Vanessa Michael Monroe story, but it's really not. It's a Miles Bradford story. And that's why the, the story works is because his part of it is never treated as a throwaway. It's never treated as not the main story. And because she's such a strong character, she can carry the story completely on her own, no matter what scene she's she's in. By writing it from that his perspective, it was its own story. In other words, whether or not we ever saw scenes of Monroe on the page, Miles Bradford's side of it was so tightly written and his story held all the way on its own that you never got to feeling like they were throwaway scenes or that you wanted to skip those ones and get back to wherever she was. And that's because I of this exact issue that you're asking about, and that is separating the story elements from each other and treating um, aspects of the, the connected aspects of a particular story as their own story so that 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 part of the full story has its own story arc its own character development its own completeness in and of itself and when you have a story that has several of those which is kind of what happened in the innocent when every single one of those is complete in itself and you weave them back together the entire story is exponentially stronger for it. And so I have things to draw on from personal experience and that maybe some of our listeners have also read to draw, to understand what it is we're talking about as sort of the basis for answering your questions. And the first time I heard you talk about this, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, that seems like a lot of work. And now that I'm actually getting ready to do it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> It is. It is. But that's that's the difference between just writing the story and going, okay, I'm done and being done with it or treating that first run through, even if it's not your first run through, even if you you think that you've gotten it to where it needs to be, still treating it like a first draft and coming back and analyzing each story thread or you could say um, subplot or whatever as its own um, its own story in and of itself and making sure that each subplot is reads complete. It's got all the elements of a complete story with the sense of satisfaction and the, the tension and the character development, all of that, that that's what takes your story from being just, blah or like any anybody's story and it you're that's craft that's that's the ability and that's why a lot of really good books take a long time to write <laughs> not all of them some people can do that very very quickly um but most people can't and so that's the difference right there is that attention to the, to the story depth so i had i have two specific examples that i want to talk to you about and one has to do with the relationship between the protagonist, Reggie, and 
Cassie, um, Cassandra Pennington, who he meets early in the early in the book. And if you guys have been longtime listeners, you you probably remember uh, the original scene when when uh, Reggie meets Cassie and and Taylor's thoughts on on that. Um, so I'm I'm guessing that that whole part, just stripping that part out, is probably like fifteen to twenty percent of the book. And when you say part, you mean the interactions between yes, Reggie like and Yes, like essentially Cassie. every scene that has the two of them in it, I, I want to just pull out and separate that and, and then just kind of work, work through that. And so that's, I, that I see as sort of a major undertaking because that needs to be right to make the story right. Yeah. Um, but there is a second um, relationship type story that's in here that I just completely let go of. And you you pointed it out to me. I would not have even thought that I let it go, but it was the family dynamics uh, type situation between Reggie, his sister, and parents, where there's a little bit in the beginning, a, l- a little bit more about a third of the way through, maybe a lot about a third of the way through, and then almost nothing after that, maybe one other scene and um, Taylor correctly pointed out that it, it was as though that whole thing just dissolved. And there, there was no, it, it just wasn't done well. And I, that for me, in looking at it, that I should be easier. I use those words. I just want to clarify. I did not say that it wasn't done well. That's Steve. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd have to look that up because <laughs> I don't remember what you said. But essentially, it was like... <laughs> You left the, you left out this part. <laughs> there was yes. apparently a bunch more that should have been here, and you left it out. <laughs> I may have taken that as subtle criticism, but uh, so anyway, I think that part will actually be easier to deal with because because you're creating from scratch. Yes, as opposed to going in and and just because the whole. Cassie Reggie thing is just kind of a hodgepodge that changed so much as I was writing the story. And in my own mind, I still don't have it. I I still don't have it. I don't have the conclusion to that. And and that shows that that shows. And, And that is a very, very common thing that a lot of authors go through. I still go through that too. And that's what editing is for is, is that the, you get your drafts down and you learn your characters as you're writing it. And hopefully by the time you get to the end of your, your drafts, you kind of have those characters figured out. But in the case of how you were writing this book, you had so many um, stop-start sessions. You'd work on it and then not and work on it. So you never had this chance to just fully devote yourself to it for a considerable amount of time. And then it changed so much along the way. Of course you got lost in it. Of course you don't have grasp, but that's so normal. Um, that's what coming back to it and reading it from beginning to end and picking up on all these things is all about. That's where the, the editing is where the story really begins to shine. And I don't think that I could read it from beginning to end and catch these things. Um, but I do think that if I break all of this out in, you know, into the individual components and just look at the components, then I, then I think it will become very clear to me um, in, in a way that it was probably very clear to you while you were reading the whole story what was missing or 
what's just not right in any way, shape, or form. But So one of the questions that I have is, do you essentially, like what I'm planning to do is just take out every scene that has, and let's, let's just use the parents because that's easier. There are fewer scenes. Every scene okay. that has a, an interaction between a, a Reggie and a family member. So, so that's probably little, six or seven scenes. It gets a little complicated, or I would say it, it varies this experience that you're going through and what I would have done in the past because your story is a single point of view story, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is from Reggie's point of view. And so there are going to be instances in this story where he's not directly interacting with his family, but he's thinking about his family or he's analyzing his relationship with his family. And so even though that's not a scene in and of itself, I personally would still pull that out as well because it's part of the, the whole. And, and it can get really complicated when it's only a few sentences inside a scene unrelated to his family. Like, how do you pull those out and not get confused or get lost? And that's where really a really good notation system is where, you know, when you pull it out, you make notes inside your main manuscript and you either delete the clip in its entirety from the manuscript and mark and bracket out where it goes so that you can find it again and put it back. Or you don't delete it and you simply overwrite it with the new material when you have the new material. But either way, you've got to have really, really good markers in place to be able to figure out what goes with what. It's like pulling apart an engine and having to label every screw and every small little bracket to make sure that when you put it back, you know where everything goes again. It's the same exact concept. But the reason why I personally would do that is because this is a single point of view story. You don't have the luxury of saying, oh, I'm just going to pull out the scenes with this character because it's all Reggie and his thoughts are all there and his thoughts Mm -hmm. are going to be part of the, the whole. Right. So that would be my own personal recommendation, because if you don't do that, you're going to end up with working all this material over separately from your main manuscript and then putting it back in. And then there will be these small little pieces here and there that just don't fit right because they were never looked at as part of the whole. And then you're kind of back to the same problem of working on it in bits and pieces when the whole point of pulling it out is to be able to see it as a whole. One of the things that I thought that I would do and I, I have not carefully thought this through, and it's going to be one of these things that when I actually start to do it, I'll, I'm, I, I'll, it'll all come together in my mind. But there will be, especially with the Cassie scenes, less so with the family scenes, but some in the family scenes, um, there will be lots of other plot elements in there that I'm essentially going to ignore um, yes. for the purposes of this. I'm just looking at the relationship thread. Um, yeah in in there and and how that relates to the story and the same with the uh the relationships with the family i'll just be looking at at those threads ignoring the plot threads and and hope to just be able to just move those scenes in essentially i'll go through like all of the edit notes and things that are in the scenes that haven't been addressed yet those will just come out with the new with with the Transfer into the new file essentially yes, that you're yes. creating, and, yeah. and they would they would be looked at, but probably ignored until they go back into the full thing. Because I just want to focus on uh, 
on on the thread that I'm focused on. That, yes, and, I just, and then once you have that all back in your file or you start a new one, however you do it to keep it as clean as possible and as unconfusing as possible, and then once you've got that particular story thread as finished as you have it for the time being and you want to move on to the next thread, which might be more of the plot-based elements, you might go back to those same scenes. You're just pulling out different aspects of them and leaving the, the relationship aspects alone. And I, I unfortunately feel that you're going. this is going to be quite challenging in this particular story because there's so much happening. There are so many story elements. You've got it's just unbelievable how many things are going on. And I told I told this for, for our listeners. I did tell this to Steve when I was writing his notes that although the story is very light and has a very uh, fun sort of vibe to it, the complexity of the story is anything but. It is a very, very complex story when you start looking at how many different elements are woven together. And the more complex a story is, the more difficult it is to write. The more difficult it is to get every single one of those subplots or those various story threads tight. And so the fact that this, I, I personally felt looking at it from a story doctor point of view that it still needed so much work. It wasn't, it wasn't because... Steve didn't know what he was doing. It was because it's like he chomped off the biggest possible bite you could take as a storyteller. Of course, it's difficult. Of course, he's not seeing the the things that I'm seeing because it's just so much. But if he could find a way to take that complexity and make every single one of those threads as rich and as deep as it deserved to be, he has just this amazing thing on his hands, but it's challenging. It's not an easy story to write. And yes, it's an insane amount of work, which is why I keep telling myself, don't go there. Don't do it. Every time I start to think of a very complex plot (laughs) because it it doesn't have to be, but I can't help it. And he apparently couldn't help it either. So, So, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of reached the point where it's like, I'm either going to start tweaking the plot and taking things out and I've already got kind of like a hit list of things that I that I want to pull out, but it it feels like it's more important to get these other things right these these primary threads that that work their way through the story because those are all character threads, and if if the if the outline of those is correct, then the characters are behaving the way they should be behaving. And then tweaking the plot will make more sense because it'll the characters will be interacting with the new plot the way they should be. Exactly. Yes. So this is actually something that I've had on my list to talk about for um, a second episode. So I'm going to just drop a um, a, what do you call it Easter egg or however whatever it is into this one here, and it it revolves it, it it has to do with why motive why character motive matters so much, and it has to do with goalposts story goalposts especially in a story where the character is trying to achieve something find something whatever. Um, so I want to talk about those more. We don't have space for them in this particular episode, but they very much relate to what you're talking about here, Steve. With um, figuring out the character aspects first, and then working, understanding your characters, what they want, what they're after, 
and how that relates to the plot before you start going in and changing the plot. If you do it the other way around, it's going to get really, really messy. And some authors can do it because either A, they've got a lot of experience with juggling both of those at the same time, the character and plot aspects, or they have their characters completely figured out already. Um, So they can do it. But with a story as so intertwined as this one, I wouldn't advise it for you. I would say get your characters sorted out, understand what those relationships are all about, understand what is what Reggie's driving inner motivations are, what is it he's missing in his life that he's seeking that's causing him to make the decisions and the pursue the different aspects that he is outside of the plot, just in regards to the people in his life. And when you have all of that down, you understand what it is that Reggie wants, even if he himself doesn't understand what it wants, what he wants, then all of that will bolster the plot instead of being messed up by the plot. Now, over the course of the last couple of weeks, we had talked about, um, a, a listener had, had written in some questions about a story that just had all of this information uh, it, before before the story even began. There was all this information. There was all this knowledge of the world and uh, all of this that needed to be plugged into it. And, and in last week's episode, you were actually talking about fractals and um, how how you know things can just kind of like fold in on 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 itself. And you know that's a little bit of a a fear of what I have here. And that's one of the reasons I want to break all of this stuff out so that just like the pilings for the story are solid and then I can fiddle around with the story and it's, it's not going to change everything else because I've, I've done this before where it's like, Oh, I'm going to change this one thing. And I don't realize that it's actually changing 19 other things. Yeah, everything that you change, once you have your story sort of figured out, everything that you change um, has ripple effects. And that is something that you'll experience when you have finished a book and like it goes into the editorial process, for example, at a publishing house. The editor will come in and say, okay, well, I feel like this aspect of the plot is kind of weak and we could strengthen it by doing X, Y, Z. And they might be very right about that, or they could be wrong, happens. Um, but every change in those things, it's going to have ripples. And so um, it's just a known thing that when they're giving you advice, they might also even be looking, okay, well, if we change that, then that's going to affect this aspect, this aspect, and this aspect of the story. And But those are just the big ones. And then as you're going back through and other passes, you're like, okay, well, here's another ripple. Here's another ripple. So knowing that, that anything you change is going to cause ripples throughout, um, it, it means that you really have to think through the changes. You can't just be like, oh, I'll just do this because that might be better. It's like, is it really better or is it just different? And and why exactly are we making this change? Are we making this change for a specific reason that's going to serve the overall story? Because if it if it is and we understand the why, then it's easier to understand how to also change the ripples to work with it. Because sometimes you can change a ripple and then that creates a whole other cascade of ripples down the road and everything usually typically is fixable but you have to, it, it, it creates a it's it's a whole different type of of looking at story it's not writing it is very analytical and and you're looking for ways to preserve the integrity of what you've got with as least amount of you know 
shakiness as possible. Yes. And, you know, I, I was thinking through a, like a fairly significant change the other day, and I have not decided one way or the other whether I want to even consider it yet. It hasn't even reached this, the stage of considering it. I'm just thinking it through. And then when I get to the stage of considering it, I'm going to talk to you about it, and you will probably in one sentence tell me why that's just a, a really horrible idea. Hey, sometimes I say that's a great idea. Yes. Well, yes, probably, with other people. <laughs> no, <stay here. laughs> no. But anyway, it, this is this is it would be a very it would be a drastic change, and I can't even in my own mind, even though I've written the story, I can't even conceive of all the different ways it's going to change it. Okay. Well, so I'm. I need to. I need to think about that a little bit. Very curious to find out what this is eventually. Um, I would say also, um, just from experience, um, the more the more elements you have in a story, the bigger the story is going to be. If each one of those threads, each one of those elements are fully fully developed. So right now you have a story that sits bigger than you wanted it to be to be even begin with, mm -hmm. but then there are a number of these threads that don't have the full development that they need, right? So if you go in and you start fully developing what's missing, adding things to the family thread or whatever, every single one of those is going to increase your word count, which means the story is going to just become massive. So right, what which do you we don't, do about I don't want, that? Yeah. You don't want mm -hmm. that, right? So the, the way that you resolve that is just write it, write, write what you need to do, get that all done. But then as you start coming back on a second pass, you're going to find places, a lot of them throughout the story, where you devote more time and attention and words to particular story elements than actually need to be devoted at that, that point in time. And when I say you, I mean in generalized you, because I do it. Everybody does it, right? It's it's figuring out what elements of the story deserve the weight that they're given them. So just off the top of my head, there are some conversations that Reggie has earlier on in the story with various um, employees in, in one of the, the residences in the story that take up a, a considerable amount of space for the amount of... Uh, value that they add to the story, it, it, it almost feels like when you look at the story in total, that could be considered filler. And so the information gleaned from those scenes is important. You can't just cut them out completely. But what you can do at one technique is that you begin to cut out a lot of the little extras in the scene and you, you compress it, you condense it. And it's, it's challenging because it means it's a lot of editing work. But by compressing the, the places where too much wordage is given and it's not needed, it gives you space to, to open up for, for more. And the other thing, too, is that if you have scenes where too, too much weight or too many words are devoted to it, it creates more importance in the reader's mind than there should be. So the reader begins to think, OK, this has something 
to do with the story. I need to pay attention. This matters. But then it never really comes up again. And so there's sort of this subconscious thing going on the reading brain going, wait, this doesn't feel finished. It doesn't feel like all the threads have been closed off because unintentionally you've opened up threads just by giving a scene more words or more attention to detail or whatever than it needed to. And this is part, this is something that happens during the drafting process. It's a very normal part of writing because when you yourself don't have that full draft, that full story sorted out in your own head yet, you're just writing. You're writing what you think it matters in the moment and you're developing scenes, but you're not seeing it as part of a whole yet because you don't have the whole. So when you come back to it, instead of working hard to uh, make that scene better, that is your license to go, yeah, I didn't actually need all of this. I can safely cut, 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 and you start paring it down. So the fact that it existed in the first place is not a problem. That, that's, that's just part of the writing process. It's being able to come back and go, hey, yeah, I can sacrifice this and, and open up space for myself elsewhere because I just don't, I don't really need this like I thought I was going to. All right. Well, I will report back as I make more progress on this. So, uh, did you thank have more? Did you have more questions? Like, I I don't know if I answered what you. No, really... you did. I mean, the the primary the primary thing I wanted to talk about was the value of of pulling apart these scenes and the way of dealing with plot elements as opposed to um, character consistency elements and whether or not what I planned on doing made sense. And it, it sounds like it does. It does. It absolutely does. And I, I would just say that there, there are probably plenty of authors out there who are capable of holding all these elements in their head. But I find that for myself, especially what happened with the doll. And it was especially critical in the Jack and Jill stories because those were m- multiple points of view and it just, just all over the map uh, in terms of, um, you know, how fast the plot was moving and how intertwined it all was, um, is that the the only way to ensure that each character's voice stayed consistent, um, that the story elements for each character, uh, the threads, the, the character development, the fears, the worries, the desires, all the things, the conflicts, everything that made it real, the only way to, to keep that equally weighted out in the way that it needed to be was separate each because the story on the whole, if you, if, I, if I'm just reading the whole thing, it's easy to forget where it's coming from. It might be coming from different characters and it feels complete, but as far as that particular character is concerned, it's not. And so it, it creates this sense of incompleteness. And for me, the only way to be able to make sure everything stayed whole in and of itself was to separate it out. So if you're struggling, if anyone out there who's listening is struggling with trying to make sure that different parts of the story are working uh, in and of themselves, separating them out, there's tremendous value in that. All right. Well, I can't wait to, uh, to let you know how it went. I'm excited. About I'm this. excited about it, too. It, it turns it into bite-sized things instead of this massive thing that, as, as I, you, you said, there are some people can hold all these plot elements in their head. I can't. I'm, I'm no longer capable of doing that. But, but 
splitting it up like this um, seems like it would make it easier for me to add consistency to the story. So I'm excited about trying. Add one more thought. I'm sorry. I, I know we're trying to wrap this show up. And Steve's already like tried to close it like two or three times. I keep, <laughs> keep talking. Um, is that having already finished the story completely, as you have, and still not being sure of what elements belong and whatnot, you might benefit from mapping it out um, like just line, like a, a diagram of what actually is happening, of every element that exists, so that you can see it instead of as 100,000 words, sort of as a picture. And from there, figure out where those things, act, what actually matters and what is easier to sacrifice. And if you're looking for elements to just cut out completely or to blend into multiple characters, whatever, you'll have it as a diagram and it's easier to visualize and understand where all the nodes connect. Well, I'm about as artistic as a coffee cup, but, but you can draw I do. Stitches, I do have a, That's all you got to do. <laughs> I do have a spreadsheet that that kind of does that, but without the without the graphic elements because I I needed a way of just remembering where things were uh, when I needed to move things around. But I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot. That that'll be uh, works if for nothing you. else, the, the, it will be amusing. It's a concept. <laughs> all right, and we made it without the power going off. So hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Taylor. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back in your ear again next Tuesday. See you guys next week. <laughs>